Welcome back, fight fans, to the Ultimate MMA Podcast. We are back with a brand new style to the show, and what a way the MMA world has kicked off 2021. I'm your host, Jake Jones, and I'm joined by two of the UK's greatest northerners to ever exist. That's right, my co-host this week is Ye Old Faithful, our fighter, our gamer, our all-round superstar, Sean Gilly. How are things, man? Me, I'm good. Welcome to the new year as well, man. Absolutely, mate. It's been good so far. Uh, we're going to sink our teeth in the show into the world of MMA this week, talking UFC Fight Island, McGregor vs. Poirier, Ben Askren vs. Jake Paul, and much more. But wait, did I mention two guests? Yes, I did. Um, as part of our new file map, we're going to be bringing on an extra guest on each week. Whether that be a fighter, promoter, or our guy Liam, we're going to be having an extra voice. That voice this week is one of the UK's brightest MMA fighters, a man who headlined Bellator Milan last October, a man who is known as the Sunderland Strangler. He's a killer, but it's not serial. It's the all-round legend, the one and only Cal Eleanor. How are you doing, man? Yes, my man. What an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) You deserve it full well. (laughs) How are you, mate? You good? Very well, thank you, mate. Glad to uh, kick off the show again, because obviously at the end of the year... There was literally three week gaps of no, no MMA, and then we mm-hmm. came back to having so much MMA, mate. So I'm glad that everything's kicking off again. Um, I'm just hoping that we're still locked down, but uh, we can hopefully get more things out now, and hopefully more events are going to be coming to us in the near future. What about yourself? Are you up to anything in particular? Uh, nothing really, mate. To be honest, I've just um, started knuckling down a bit more there, taking me training a bit more seriously now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm still just doing the odd session here and there. I'm not. I'm not like training twice a day every day running myself in the ground for no reason when there's no shows I'm just enjoying keeping the process and I'm enjoying keeping active me taking over prayer just just obviously lifting weights getting a bit stronger and just grappling and I sparred last night I've trained twice a day I'm feeling good mate I'm glad to just enjoying the training basically yeah well let's <clears> let's crack straight into yourself man. mate recently um, your contract with Bellator MMA has expired and you're now roaming the world of free agency how are you feeling about that decision but also is there a particular place that we might see in the future what's your plan uh, yeah I mean I mean it's sweet you know what I mean I mean obviously the I, if I was to still be with Bellator I would be happy to stay in there but my contract ended around the same time as the James fight and then basically um they basically said that they're not signing anybody new at the moment and because mm-hmm. my contract I'm not still under contract I'm classed as a new signing so they're saying they can't sign us at the minute like it's not just an extension they can't actually re-sign us at the minute so I, I don't know so I just took that as obviously I'm in the same group as the other people who were obviously not getting extended last time so I was just like yeah. wait it's pointless waiting around forever you know what I mean I mean I would wait and, and they might, I might not get re-signed or whatever so I just thought well I'm just going to see what's about and if I can fight elsewhere, I will. I mean, I know there's not much really happening in the world anyway at the moment, but I know KSW are still doing fights, so I'd love to fight there. I mean, Phil from our gym is the heavyweight champ there, and I've seen their shows. I've seen a few other people fight there, like Norman Park, and um, I don't know. It's like Scott Askham's fought there, and, mm. and the, the shows always look amazing, you know what I mean? So if they, if they wanted us to, I mean, if they were willing to sign us, I'd happily fight there. Um, I'd fight at 145 as well. Or mm-hmm. if not, I would maybe try and see if I would go anywhere else, any of the other big organisations. I'd love to fight in Japan, you know what I mean? But I don't know what their kind of, obviously dealing with them is like. I've never really spoke to anyone there. And I've got Martin's phone number and email now, so I'm going to drop him a line from KSW and see what he says. Absolutely. I mean, I know there's there's quite a few promotions out in Asia. Obviously, you've got one, you've got Road FC as well. Um, and I think Ryzen is still going, aren't they? So there's, there's definitely some options there. Um, 
obviously it's a shame what's happened with Bellator, but I'm glad to hear that it's not like a uh, walk away from the contract idea. It's that there might be an opportunity in the future, just at the moment in the current climate that MMA's in. Um, it's not easy, and it's not that they can kind of offer continuous contracts. I think that was another thing that was with your contract, wasn't it? Is that you can, isn't it? Most MMA contracts you can sign like a four fight deal, or it's in the period that, um, like say, like a two year across a two year period. So is that what yeah. you, you essentially probably happened with yours? Is that you've had a couple of fights, Bellator, but the actual length of the contract is what's expired, and opposed to the amount of fights you've had. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, obviously, I had so many fights didn't happen. There was like three fights never happened when I was meant to fight James. So realistically, yeah. if, it, if that like that should have been five or four or five fights easy in that contract, what I had there over them two years, and it was only ended up being two. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it was just the time, and obviously. To be honest, I mean, I, I was a bit surprised. I did think that uh, I would be getting renewed and I did think I would be continuing to fight there. I mean, they put a lot of their uh, promotion into it and stuff like that. Mm. And obviously, I've never done anything kind of against them. I've always just done, done my utmost to kind of promote them and do and do my bit, you know. So I was a bit shocked, but it's just one of them things, man. It's, it's life, isn't it? and I'm not really... I'm not really asked. I mean, obviously, it, it's just a job at the end of the day. Signing somewhere else, it's just starting another job, really, isn't it? And, of I feel course, like anywhere mate, yeah. I go, I can have good fights. I mean, any of the organisations have all got world-class fighters in, really. So, for me, it's just it's more of a fresh start. And especially if I'm going back to 145 as well, I feel like it was just the change I needed. Obviously, if I would stayed with Bellator, I would have still had to fight at 135. And I mean, I made the weight. If you look last time, I made the weight. There wasn't any issues. I didn't miss. I've never missed weight. But it's more so the camp. I mean, I have the worst camps ever when I'm fighting at that weight. Like, yeah. it's, I'm starving the whole time. I mean, last time I only had six weeks' notice for the James fight, and there was, I asked for a later date. I said six weeks wasn't long enough, and I couldn't get it. So I just yeah. had to make, make, like, make do with six weeks. And Kill yourself and do it, When I first got yeah. the call, I was like maybe 80 kilo when they rang, and I had like six weeks <laughs> to get in 61. So I was like, Fuck. you know, that's obviously it's part of my – I should always be ready, you know what I mean, if you're a professional athlete, but – it's easier no. said than done when you're six foot and you fight at 135. <laughs> well, me and Sean talked about it a second ago. It is absolutely mental that you are six foot and you fight 135 pounds. I can't pounds. believe it, mate. I can't no. believe it. <laughs> and I mean, I, I met with you to go through that documentary and like we were spe- speaking on that and saying like how much weight you actually cut and even how much weight you put on the next morning after the weight cut. It's <laughs> surreal amounts. It's literally like 10 kilos or something like that. Uh, you think, how is that humanely possible? And don't get me wrong, at 135 pounds, you don't look... I mean, like, do you remember when Aldo went to 135 pounds and he looks right. like his face looks awful? <laughs> Mate, you still look fucking fire. But I get that at the height you're at, man, that's just not always the easiest thing to do. And if you can make 145, then go for it. I mean, Sean, you're the same. You're yeah, you're I nearly six foot up. or six foot and 145 pounds as well. That's yeah. I couldn't I couldn't drop that weird. No, it takes a lot of discipline too. So um, I like that you are exploring a, a the featherweight class as well, um, because we know you can do that as well. Yeah. With regarding the, the situation that happened with James, I mean, what a roller coaster that was. That was what eighteen months worth, where it was. Four, I think it was fourth time lucky. It was three fights that were cancelled, and the, the worst thing is they were all headline like big fights. It wasn't as if like ah oh, like a fill in like oh just next next week or anything. Literally like you had the camp, you had all the promotion behind it and then just last minute it would fall through or something would go wrong. Mm. I mean, what was the entire experience like? But also, in a beneficial way, for example, you were taken to New York. Like, what was the experience like there and, mm. and how did you grow as an MMA fighter and as a person? 
Um, it was amazing, to be honest. Really good experience. I mean, obviously, it's shit day in a camp and they're not getting a fight. I mm. mean, the first time was the worst thing ever. That could have just completely been avoided. Like, nearly ruined me all life. Um, and then, obviously, the next time when James got injured, I mean, I was when I was on the phone to uh, Bellator, when I found out, I was, like, asking, can I not get a replacement? Um, because there's still time. Surely, like, you'll get someone to fill the spot. It doesn't have to be main event still just to give us a fight because I've sold fucking hundreds of tickets and I've got people booking flights from all over the place to come to Ireland. And, obviously, the fights aren't happening now and they obviously still, they can't get refunds, you know what I mean? So they're still going to have to come. So is there not any way I would fight someone else? And they were like, wait, we just we don't really want you to. We'd rather just pay you fully and keep you healthy and then fight James at the later date when he's back's not bad, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. obviously that happened, and then the next time was the friggin' meant to be London, and then uh, it was COVID, so that got knocked on the head, and it was just like it was just camp after camp, and I was just running myself into the ground, and then obviously all that COVID came, so I didn't think it was ever going to happen, and then I got a phone call, and it was like, oh wait. I wasn't even in the gym at the time either. It was like, oh, well, six weeks' time. Yeah, and I was like, wait, you have yeah. to chop my legs off? Like, <laughs> it's going to be hard to make the fight when well, you've got no legs. But, no, but. <laughs> You're like, I will. It's, it's kind of then or never. So I just thought, you know what it is? Fuck it, I will do it. Yeah. I can't believe I will win, you know what I mean? And so I was like, fuck it, I will do it. And I just that was it, straight into the straight into the graft and, and put the work in and, the, and did it, you know what I mean? I, I surprised myself, you know? I was like, mm. fucking hell, like, I knew it was going to be tough, but I, I did it and I did it all right. You know, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as when I fought Grayson. So uh, to me, that was a decent cut. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, still I think James James struggled a bit, didn't he, to make the weight? James was the one who 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 had a bit more of an issue making it. But I think uh, six he said weeks. He had for you. Some, when I was talking to him, sorry for interrupting you. No, no, far away, I was dude. talking to him and he said in the middle of the night before the weigh-ins, I think he had some stomach issue. He said. And, his stomach was cramping, so he ended up. I think I don't know if he ate or if he ended up drinking. I can't remember what he said. And and then obviously on the morning he had yeah. to go because he'd obviously put weight on, retained some, so he had to go and sweat some of it off. So so you've spoken to James obviously since the fight. How how was the how was that? You you and James are right. cool we now. Had a joint after the fight outside, it was cool. Just had a little doobie outside and had a bit crack. Is that right? Oh, mate, decent. No, I'm glad to. I know. I'm saying, I know that I you get it anyone, man. You know what I'm like. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, it, it's nice as well because I know that obviously you two had your fiery moments throughout it, but I think you two, without a doubt, always respected each other. Um, and I think, I think you said earlier that you genuinely thought you could win the fight. I, I've said that from the beginning. Yeah. I, I was betting on you to win it as well. Um, yeah. I think it was a brilliant matchup, and that's why I was quite surprised as well that finding out your contract hadn't been ex- extended. I understand the situation, but I think they had put a lot of promotion into you, and I think that a lot of the UK MMA fans and industry in the world basically know who you are, and, and I think that that's going to be very beneficial now to whenever you approach any other um, promotion, because you've got a great name behind you there, and it, it was... It was a good fight, mate. James is a top talent. We all know that. We all know, and his record says that too. How did you feel um, about the fight and the result that happened there? I thought that, obviously, his best method of victory would be if he got on me back early uh, and bring it to And obviously, little things kick us now, you know, like watching a bat in hindsight, because, like, in my head, like, I had, everyone's seeing all this different stuff like, oh you need to stand with them you need to stand with them you need to do this this is how you need to fight him and I started to buy into it you know like I, in my head when I first got the matchup originally I was excited about the grappling fight you know I was thinking oh like this is a chance to have some good transitions on the mat you know really really put on a show and have a have a scrap and 
when he took this down off the kick, I was in a, I was in kind of like a butterfly guard in, in, and in, I should have really just tried to grapple with him from there, you know, maybe tried mm. to elevate him and try to go from there. But in my head, all I think was kick him off, get some space, and get back to your feet. When realistically, I should have just grappled, you know, and sure. could have had, could have, could, who knows what we could have went. You know, he's a phenomenal grappler. I'm not saying it would have went any different, but in my in my head, all I was thinking was when I was in that position was get some space, get up, and get back to your feet, you know, and. Yeah. That wasn't that, that wasn't even I don't even know why it was in my head because originally that wasn't even the way I planned to fight him but I did it anyway you know and uh, it went the way it did and he got a nice like he got like a kind of like a like a bit of a twister who I think I remember I can't remember mm. and in the transition of me trying to get back up which he ended up getting on me but and it was a nice it was nice you know what I mean and yeah. I felt like I defended well for the most part um, Man, I think you defended insanely yeah, like. Yeah. It was there was definitely some moments where he nearly sunk a choke in, and I said you oh. defended it perfectly. Like I, I, I think there's no doubt that it didn't show that you. It wasn't like they were showing you didn't have the ability. You mm. had the ability, but James is very, very good at what he does there. Oh, for sure he's slick. I mean, there was even a moment at the very end there when he got he got under my neck, and I still had I had like control, like two on one on the arm that was choking us, mm. and obviously there was pressure. There was a choke coming on. I was definitely getting choked, but. I was kind of had all hold of his arm, and it, it was weird in in the fight. I was thinking like, is this enough to put me to sleep, or can I hold on while this choke's on? While it's definitely it was on, I was mm. getting choked. But I was like, is it enough to like kind of pass that line of like putting us to sleep, or is this just going to be like a like a uncomfortable uncomfortable situation? I need to ride out, and obviously it was getting tighter. And I was holding on, and it was in my mind, and I was just replaying that over and over, like thinking, "Am I going to get out or kind of hold on?" And then obviously I tapped, and then that's what killed us the most. After because I just thought, you know what? I wish I just chance gone out on my shield, and if I didn't, if I didn't tap, would it have put us to sleep, or or could I have went that little bit longer till the end of the round? Because there was only about twenty seconds left, you know. And yeah. obviously it was on anyway. And you think all these things after, but he he did what he needed to do, and it was it was tight, and his pressure was really nice, you know. He had nice yeah. control from behind and. I had now put good things to see after, you know. It was, it was uh, obviously the fight didn't go the way I wanted it to, but aside from that, man, I'm I'm not really asked, you know what I mean? I got to go in there and, and have a good fight Mate, against a good guy, yeah. and, and and I had fun the whole time. Like win, winning's <laughs> cool. Everyone wants to win, but it doesn't always go that way. And the, the main thing is, it's just it's just another bump on the road of where I'm heading in my mind. You know what I mean? I just think it's like that's what shapes you to become, but like better, and and you grow from it regardless. So. I'm not really asked, man. I'm not. I'm, and I'm also, not really let's be honest, mate. You headlined an event in Milan that was live in the UK on Channel Five. Like, that's incredible. That's like massive. That's more than I can ever say I've done. Like, it's <laughs> awesome you've done that, man. And, and, and as I said, it's not. It's great to think as well. Even after the fight, James obviously called for the title. Like, it's yeah. not as if like you just lost a fight like against someone random. Like, James is a big, big name for sport, and you headlined the card with him. It's not just James headlining the card. You're there um, as part of that, and. I think, without a doubt, your stock rose um, from it. And as I said, it's a shame that the the scene with Bellator might not be continuing at this current moment. But um, I think there's no doubt other promotions will be looking at and saying, look, that's a really good person to get on our roster and yeah. it's going to help us really break into the UK market, mate. So there's no doubt there's going to be a decent future. Um, one thing I was going to mention to you, would you ever consider the Dana Watch She's in Night Contender series? Mate, mm. you know what it is? Funnily enough, if... If I got an opportunity to do it, I'd love it. You know, mm. um, I'm never, I've never been one to see a note or a tough fight or anything like that. I don't really care about who I get matched up against. I've always said it like, 
if the senders the name I'll sign it you know it's only been the last couple of years that I've been able to get the opponents I've wanted you know because mm. when I first started out I used to always kind of struggle getting decent matchups and then so now it's like we I'm at a point in my career where people starting uh, to know who I am a bit so it's getting easier to get the fights I want you know what I mean so realistically like if I was given an opportunity to go on that even if they said at 135 if that was the crack I would I would do it again for that you know or if they see a featherweight, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. I mean, it's a massive opportunity and you win there and you put on a show, you go to the UFC, you know what I mean? So it's Mate, definitely I... something I would love to do as well. Um, and if it, I just mean, I just need a little bit of time to kind of adjust if I am going to go to 145. I need to kind of start getting my body a little bit bigger. I mean, I'm heavier than most featherweights walk around now at the minute anyway, but I just mean like it's free. I'm like obviously yeah. when I'm fit and I'm in shape, I lose a lot of the weight that I'm carrying now and it's more... I'm, I'm more athletic than what I am chubby, you know what I mean? So at the minute, I'm, I'm a little bit chubby. and So I, I want to get a little bit more, more, muscu- like more muscular and then and then trim down from there. I think if I can get to around about 74 kilo week of the fight, I think eight kilos is a good cut when I'm not going to be a featherweight because I'll be carrying so much more water. Whereas mm-hmm. like normally I do more than that for a bantamweight one. I mean, I'm 83 kilos now, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I was like 80 kilos the week after the fight with James, you know what I mean? It doesn't take me long now to get back, right back up there, you know what I mean? So, I definitely think featherweight's going to be more suited. And not just for that, like, I've got other reasons why I think it's better suited. I feel like all my rounds when I spar and, and, and I've fought at featherweight, I've always seen like my my stuff works better against them guys the range is not like there's not too much of a contrast whereas when i fight a phantom weight i feel like they're so small and so yeah. far away from us and then out of nowhere the honors you know what i mean yeah, i yeah. feel like when it's a featherweight it's a lot more broken down and they're a lot more stuck in the mud and it's a lot easier for my kind of attributes to work against them guys so i feel like i will finally be able to get in, in into the fight and ensure the 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 things in my game that I actually want to show. I mean, I still feel like I've never done myself justice yet. I want to go in and get the right dancing partner and show what I can really do in, in all areas of the fight game. So hopefully, hopefully featherweight's the the chance I'll get to do it and hopefully it's in a, in a good organisation that, mm. that I'll be happy to promote as you know what I mean. Well, just just going more on that Dana White's uh, like contender series, I genuinely think you are the perfect product for it because not only is your record good and you, I think all of your wins have come from a finish that's the type of thing that show looks for it's not they don't necessarily want a decision fight they want someone who's going to put on a show and I think you you prove that you've mm-hmm. you fought some of the top talents I mean Grayson was the cage warriors champion as well like let's mm-hmm. not forget that like your wins as well are phenomenal but also I I honestly think if, if we weren't in the current climate that we're in Bellator wouldn't have like wouldn't have would have extended the contract Bellator have had to let go of a lot, a lot of good, talented fighters. Or even if they're not necessarily got the best record, they've definitely, they definitely bring the people in. There's certain names that you can think of who, who, they might not have won throughout their Bellator yeah. career, but they definitely have obviously brought some good fans in. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they would have gone if we weren't in this current climate. So that's why I genuinely think the, the I'm hoping Sean Shelby will take notice and say that you you would bring something to that division and it's also a division we're used to seeing people from the contender series who are usually like mainly heavyweights and like heavyweights who have come in and knocked someone out well i said that they need more people for the lower divisions like 135 pounds 145 pounds and i think you'd offer a perfect example there um so mate i'm really hoping that uh there is an opportunity there for you and if if it's not right now then hopefully in the meantime you, you get a top promotion coming in there and can make some decent fights, mate, because 
there's no doubt um, the talent is there and the marketability is there. It's just a shame the current climate we're in, mate. Appreciate it, mate. That's it, man. I just want to go have some good scraps with people and get paid some wage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, happy life. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, just before we move on to what we're going to talk about in the show regarding uh, UFC and Conor McGregor and everything that's happened recently, I just want to do, in, in between the shows, I want to do a plug. I want to just give a shout-out to someone, and this week there is no better person than Hannah, who is Cal's partner. Hannah runs the Cheesecake Lady um, Northeast, so go follow her online. She just basically makes the best cheesecakes you will eat, you will see. <laughs> basically, oh, mate, if you're in the North yeah. as well, go check yeah. her out because it's incredible. Some of the stuff she produces is awesome. So anyone listening, uh, go give her a follow. That's the Cheesecake Lady, N-E for Northeast there. Right, let's talk about the current <laughs> MMA scene. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> Well, let's start with how 2021 kicked off, guys. UFC Fight Island brought us some crazy events and even crazier results. But the main talking point, Dustin Poirier is disposable of one of the most influential people in MMA, Conor McGregor. Guys, what did we think? Uh, Cal, go first. I had £120 on bet on that fight, all on Dustin Poirier. Yeah. And I picked every method possible, every <laughs> single time, except the knockout. So I was fucking raging. Obviously, I was buzzing for him winning the fight. But I I expected him to rock McGregor. And I was expecting the usual, you know, McGregor gets hurt. He panic, shoot, whatever, and gets his neck. I I had Reinhardt choke. I had Darth. I had everything. (laughs) I was guillotine everywhere. And I spent a fortune. And then he knocked him out. Obviously, I'm a massive fan of Poirier anyway. I always have been. and, And obviously... No, deni- like no denying what McGregor's done for the sport. No, no denying his level of how good he is and stuff. But I'm just not really. I'm more so a fan of him now as of late than what I ever was before. Because mm-hmm. I'm the way I am. I'm not really about disrespecting anyone or being that kind of guy. You know, I just want to sh- fight and have fun, and uh, I don't really care about any of that background shit. But where's all that in the past? I feel like it changed the sport for for the good, but it changed the sport for the bad as well. I mean, you've got kids coming up now who all think that's the way you have to go on. You know. Mm-hmm. There's, trying to like cause fights at the wings and shit like that and I'm not really about that I just want want to fight and so that's why I kind of never really been a fan of him in the past but the way he held he's like the, the way he condoned himself that like his last fight and uh kind of conducted himself sorry his last fight he uh I think he, he showed a lot like a more of a relatable side and I, I I feel like I could be a fan of him if that's the way he was going to be all the time now but I was still buzzing for poor year like I can't deny it I was absolutely uh Buzzing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about you, Sean? What, what was your thoughts on the outcome? Same. I had Poirier second round, but I didn't what? put any bets on. I know. Yeah, you better not have had McGregor. Well, well, well. Mate, actually, <laughs> you had McGregor to win that. I, bet I did like... indeed. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, so so just when when talking with Cal about bets, one bet story I just want to quickly mention. Oh, here I had, um, <laughs> I had Andy Ruiz to knock out AJ. Uh, it was 175 to 1. So I put, I was like, right, do I put a pound on rounds 1 to 12? So 12 quid overall. Or do I just go three pound on rounds 1, 2, 3, and 4? Um, no, yeah, yeah, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Because you knocked him out in the fifth, didn't he? Could be wrong there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I so I went greedy because I thought, do you know what? Three times 175, I'm going to get 500 quid back here. <laughs> he knocked him down twice in the third round but couldn't finish it. So instead of putting a pound on every single round, 
I just stupidly put on three. So I missed out on a good paycheck there. Because the thing is, sometimes when you look at these, you can't rule people out. Um, especially when it comes to, obviously, the heavyweights. You can't, when there's crazy odds, you've just got to put it on because oh. it can always happen. But obviously, Poirier is known for his endurance and his amazing striking. But take the, the fight with Dan Hooker, for example. I mean, you cannot say that that, that wasn't just heart grit and immense striking. So I think mm -hmm. I think it was it was crazy to think it was going to rule out um, people ruling out Poirier. I never ruled it out. I just didn't think that we would see that happen. And my honest opinion with this was when I when it happened, I was deflated. Not because mm -hmm. I'm not the biggest McGregor fan. Like you, Cal, I don't like some of the stuff that's happened in the past yeah. with the disrespect. Sure. I mean, the main incident for me was the bus incident. I remember saying after yeah. that, I remember thinking, yeah, I'm not happy. Like that that doesn't sit well with me. You literally two fighters on that night. Uh, or who were due to fight had to have their fights called because of it because they were injured yeah. and you think well not only yes the UFC can say yeah we'll pay you what if they get a bonus what if they'd put on fight of the night do you know what I mean yeah, you just got to consider night. everything they've put in for that and that unfortunately that decision made them not, not, not go ahead with it however McGregor to me as <laughs> as you said has been so influential in this sport and he has changed so much and, and helped it grow it would be like seeing Tyson Fury face planted as in, not that we wouldn't yeah. see him get knocked down, but it's just you don't expect to see this happen. It's not a sight you never, I ever wanted to see. I, I would have been fine if Poirier had have taken it by decision or mm. submitted him. But I think seeing McGregor almost go a little bit stiff with that final punch. Oh, he, he was out. He was out cold. Yeah, yeah out, he? he was out at that moment. And and for me, the, it's not even just seeing McGregor lose like that. I, I do really like McGregor. I think, I think he's done some mm. brilliant stuff for the sport. And I think like I favoured the matchup to him. However... It was the idea that where do we go from the future for McGregor? Because there's no doubt he brings everyone in. The idea <clears> behind <throat> McGregor was that <throat> even that he had been submitted by Nate before, you were like, yeah, but let's be honest, uh, his chin was there. He, the, the, that almost Irish brawler about him was like, but we're never going to see him get absolutely flat out. And I think because we saw him go out, and I know it was only a brief second, but because you saw the body stiffen a little bit, it was almost like, oh, they can be beaten. Gods can go. Um, yeah, it was just, just weird to see. I just think fucking 99% of the people realistically had McGregor to win that easy, you know oh, what I mean? Really? And I'd, wow. Oh, for sure, for sure. Across the I mean, man, everywhere yeah. you looked, every single person was seeing McGregor. I mean, even any of the big kind of uh, media outlets, any... Yep. Fuck, you know any podcasts? Everyone had a pick. You know, I thought it was going to be the same way as the first fight. You know, everyone seeing, reading into what Kavanaugh was seeing and seeing, oh look, how you're going to forget that knockout the first time? That's on your mind. And even people I was talking to all the time, like some of my mates, to watch it all the time, all seeing the same thing. I was like, wait, you know, it is. It's one of the things. In my in my opinion, right? I think McGregor had one round where he could have really done a lot of damage and and put him away. And that that's his first round when first he's round, super yeah. explosive. And super dangerous, and anything after that, I thought was going to be hard work for him. And yeah. the first round, he probably won it, although he did get taken down. Yeah, he landed the better shot, the better shots, uh, and literally it went the way I thought it would. I thought, I thought Dustin would come in. I thought Dustin would shoot. I thought he would try and clinch him a bit, and just because once you get it, once you get him tired, that that whole explosiveness that makes him so dangerous rapidly goes. You know what I mean? As we're seeing in both fights with Diaz, you know, you get him tired, and and that explosion's gone, yeah. and you, he's got a good round or round half and then it, it fades massively so I had if he didn't if he wasn't going to get put away in the first round I thought Justin Poirier would have won any way he yeah. wanted after that and which is the way it went you know what yeah. I mean and if you're going to pick a way to beat McGregor 
be the first man to ever <laughs> knock him out. I mean, as I said, it, it was it was brilliant by Poirier, and that's one thing that we shouldn't shy away from is that I think a lot of people, obviously, and even I've done, I'm guilty of it here, that you bring up what happened to McGregor. Well, it's not just what happened to McGregor, it's what Poirier did to him as well. Um, what do you guys think happens in the future? Because there's another man to talk about was Mike Chandler's performance. I mean, that was insane as well. So do you think, I know Dana said that he thinks that matchup might be the next one to make. What's your guys' um, thoughts for the future? Will Khabib return? Will which, we get Oliveira? did you say he says he thinks is the next one to make? I think Dana has said the most likely matchup is Chandler versus Poirier for the belt. Uh, see, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, nah. I don't think that's right. I think, I think obviously... Chandler did what he had to do. He went in there and he put on a show and knocked out a contender. But what you've got to think is it's his first fight in the division. Mm-hmm, all yeah. the top ten's been fighting against each other for years, back and forth between all of them. Some of them's on stupid win streaks. Bar obviously Tony's just lost his last two, but he, he was on a crazy win streak and that's fighting mm. the best of the best. Uh, Chandler's come in and beat the guy who Justin Poyer's already just beat. Justin Poyer beat him and he didn't get to fight for the belt next. So Sorry, why yeah. should Chandler? fight him and winning and get a fight for the belt straight away when you've got a Charles Oliveira who's been killing exactly. people lately you've yeah. got Gatio I fair enough he lost to Khabib but so did Dustin why not why not match Gatio with Chandler and then if that fight happens the winner can fight can be number one contender to fight for the belt after that and let Charles fight Dustin and let maybe even Connor fight Tony or if you're thinking about if you're Connor's manager and you're Connor's team what I'd be thinking is do I want that fight? It's going to be a terribly tough fight. The fight is just had. Why not give him Nate? Obviously, mm. much better stylistic for him. Nate, although he is what he is and he's done what he's done, he gets hit with everything. You know mm. what I mean? So that's probably a better fight for him. You know, why not do that? Don't do I think the, the trilogy with Dustin, I don't think that's going to happen. And if I was Dustin, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to happen. Nah, I think he's yeah. early shot. Exactly. It's his time to fight for the belt. Why not give McGregor Nate? Let Tony fight whoever. You know, maybe Ali Quinn will be a good one for mm. Tony. So hey, Dan Hooker, I Dan Hooker would be a good one. Prime yeah. example, I think. Obviously, he's going to be suspended for a while. Obviously, he's just been knocked out, so that's that, that's why I wasn't really including Hooker. But I Hooker would be a good one. Mm. Um, and Chandler Gaethje, and then there's a good mix and let Poirier fight Charles for the for the belt. That's the mm. the rightful thing to do, I think. See, you have just taken the words out of my mouth. Literally, <laughs> everything you've said there sounds perfect to me. I I think Poirier versus um. Oliveira is the best matchup. Oliveira has just beat Ferguson and also not just beat him, dominated him. Like, him yeah, there's no doubt I think he's on a great win streak and I think he deserves that shot. I think Poirier, evidently, you look at everyone he's fought recently, bar Khabib, he has just put on the best performances. Um, so I think that makes sense. I think a lot of this does ride on what's happening with Khabib if Khabib is going to relinquish the title. Um, I hope he, I, I think he should if he's saying he's retiring. I think. The belt shouldn't be under him at the moment. I don't think he should yeah. be considered a champion, but do you know what I mean? In, in general, the actual mm-hmm. physical belt itself needs to go back to the sport. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I agree with the idea with Chandler. I think his performance was phenomenal. It's not title worthy, though. Um, it, it, it's a great win, but you, I don't think it's fair to say he goes from one win straight in, uh, straight into the title shot. Um, yeah. And then just especially going back to McGregor. To, especially Sorry? if you look at his last four fights, he's obviously he got knocked out off Pitbull and then yep. he came back and beat the guy yeah. when he fought in Japan Henderson. and then he beat ben, Benson and then they, they were all outside the UFC yeah. and then this one as you say it's one fight in the UFC why not that was a good test for him he passed it with flying colours now give him a contender if he wins a contender fight then he can be in line for a fight out of the belt but I just think he, I definitely think he's one fight away from it easy yeah yeah and, and Gaethje would be that fight and it would be a brilliant oh. match up between them both they, yeah. I mean the, the best thing about someone like Chandler is as I said we saw him get knocked out by Pitbull we yeah. know Gaethje can knock anyone out but equally, yep. we know Gaethje likes to slug and, and, 
and can get a little bit reckless. So yeah. against someone like Chandler, who has we've just seen knock out Dan Hooker, I think the first person to knock him out with punches uh, strikes to the head because obviously Barbosa body kicked him. Body kicked him. Yeah. But as I said, that makes for a brilliant story. The only interesting thing. Poirier has said he's interested in the rematch with McGregor and he's interested to fight Diaz. What do you guys think about that? I think it's good. It's good, it's, it's good that he's saying that. Obviously, McGregor's got a six-month suspension there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll probably take a little bit of time. I don't think that'll be the fight to make. And if it is against Nate, I think it's a, it's probably it's probably a good fight for both of them. I, I mean, it's like when he fought Masvidal, I thought Nate was going to be a punch bag there, you know what I mean? And he wasn't. He got, he got take yours badly. But the thing is, at 155, I think he absorbs the shots a lot better. Um, I think, I don't know, I think he could do well against um, Dustin. You know, he's long and he's forced horribly unorthodox shots in. Mm. And I think it will be a bit of a boxing match. I think what will come into fact is the leg kick so because Nate Diaz has never checked a leg kick in his whole entire career. And <laughs> yeah, that's, true. That's, uh, that's the thing. That'll be like a complete dividend for, for uh, Dustin, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know, man. I think it's, I think if that's what he wants to do, he's definitely just wanting to get paid. I think if anything, yeah. Nate yeah. should fight, probably probably fight Connor and let Dustin fight for the belt. But I, I think him, I, I agree with you because th- that's, that, that's why Poirier would take them fights, let's be honest, because he's without right. a doubt the title contender. Um, but if he wants more money, they are the money fights and that makes sense. I, I don't blame him for that. But as I said, for me, the uh, the Diaz-McGregor rematch would make sense the well, most. Sorry, mate. Keep on. No? No, <laughs> I was going to say that match to me would, would make sense. Um, and then as I said, Poirier, des- Poirier without a doubt is my number one who deserves the title mm. shot. And then, if it's Oliveira, that would be the preference. But then you could obviously try and make a match-up between Oliveira, Gaethje and Chandler. One of them needs to fight yeah. each other, and then, then they go for the match against uh, Poirier. What yeah. were you saying, sorry, Sean? I would say um, the matchups. I would say Oliveira versus Chandler for the title contender. Mm. I would um, say McGregor versus Gaethje, because they're both coming off losses. Or oh, McGregor's coming off two, isn't he? Yeah. No, no, McGregor. No, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Cerrone, yeah. So, yeah. Gaethje McGregor. Ooh. And Tony versus Hooker. Tony Hooker is a good fight. Mm. I think Gaethje's a bad fight for Connor at this stage in his career. Like. I, don't think, mm. I don't think Connor takes that fight either. Mm. Just because the simple fact of the matter is, obviously, you can get Gaethje tired, and that's when he's, well, obviously, like when he's been hurt in the past, is only when he's been gassed. But I just think for what McGregor brings to that first round, I think. Gaethje could probably handle that first round and then mm. it's fucking hell from there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, I just think it's a super dangerous fight with And if we're going back risk, to leg kicks really high risk, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gaethje throws risk. that leg kick mental, so uh, there's no one kicking like him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he's gonna fucking snap your leg. I think it's just <laughs> high risk, low reward, you know what I mean? I don't really feel, feel like that's a sensible matchup for them, so I, I don't really think that they'd do it. Mm. Well, let's go into another big topic that's come out this week. So we're out with the uh, UFC scene to a former UFC fighter. Guys, what's happening? Ben Askren versus Jake Paul, April 17th. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> um, Sean, you fire away first because uh, you've oh, evidently no, got, a, got a voice about it. Yeah, but I'm going to say it's true. Yeah, I think oh, it's going to be hard to see this on podcast. Jake Paul's going to knock Ben Askren out. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe really I just said that. Okay, <laughs> Cal. Uh, obviously, obviously, <laughs> I think Jake Paul's going to be favourite. You know what I mean? I mm. do think that. Um, but one thing you've got to give to Ben Askren is he can fucking take a shot well, as we've seen in all of his fights, his whole mm-hmm. life. 
He takes a shot really well. Um, and there's no denying he's super, super fit. So, mm. although everything he does is fucking technically unsound when it re- when it's involved with striking, um, I think, obviously, I think he can, I think he is going to take a lot of damage, but I do think uh, he could get Jake Paul tired and mm. put him away later on. I think, obviously, if I was to bet, I would probably see Jake Paul, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Askren did end up stopping him later on. So I like what you just said there regarding Ashwin taking shots because obviously everyone knows him, not not just for his career, but the idea of him getting knocked out by Masvidal. But let's be honest, who doesn't that put out? There's no mm-hmm. way anyone takes that. So Askren, you are right, has taken a lot a lot of damage in the past and has withstood yeah. it and done amazing from it. I mean, even the Lawler, yeah, like he nearly talking. went, and they were bombs. And Lawler is known for throwing bombs. So yeah. I'm, I'm and he got slammed on his head as well. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, he, he's very durable. Um, mm-hmm. I think my issue with this is, I think, I've been saying from the beginning, I think like, uh, Jake Paul is going to knock him out. But mm-hmm. having considered actually a bit of a bit of Askren's durability, I would suggest it could go to points. And I think it yeah. will probably go to Jake Paul in the points yeah. department. Only well, because what? Askren, mm-hmm. we've seen Askren striking. Yeah. He didn't even outstrike Damian Meyer. Um, yeah. I don't doubt his MMA ability, but just... In terms of his actual boxing ability, I think if he got hurt a little bit earlier on, say big punches, mm. looks bloody by the end of it, we know that the, the judges can be very dodgy. And mm, I think yeah. potentially at the end, despite doing eight rounds, he might mm. it might go in Paul's favour. I just, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good way to it. I think it probably will. I think it pro- I don't. I can't really imagine him getting stopped. I mean, if you think about that, he's took all that damage and he's been fighting in pro MMA gloves that whole time. Mm. He's been taking all them shots of all them killers in pro <laughs> gloves to then. Yeah, didn't get it wrong. Jake Paul's going to be a big, heavy-handed guy, but what they're doing is they're fighting in bigger gloves. Yeah. I mean, don't get it wrong. Anyone can get knocked out. I'm not saying that, but I just think like obviously he's, he's he's got that kind of grit in him. You know, you can't be wrestling at the level he's done if you haven't got that kind of like the fire inside of you to push yourself to them limits. You know what I mean? I just feel like in a fight like that, he's not gonna he's not gonna like basically bend over easy for him, you know what I mean? He's mm. not just going to give in to Jake Paul. So I, I think it will be quite, quite hard to finish. And I, I think, if anything, it probably will be a decision. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing I was going to say with it as well is I've always talked about um, Ben Askren in the past as someone who's very smart in the sport, let's be honest. He had, what, two, three fights in the UFC. And was it? Yeah, it was three, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three yeah, fights yeah, in the yeah. UFC. Three fights in the UFC, and each time he was getting about three hundred grand. That was like looking at the end of the the thing. There's not many people who only have that that much fights in the UFC and can demand that money. He yeah. sells a fight well, despite the fact that people say, "Oh, he's he can be awkward." He's just, yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the character he's playing, and I think a yeah. lot of fighters know that as well. Um, yeah. My only issue is that some people are going to watch this, see how he gives out these really dad-like insults. The thing is, he does that, and it's actually smart. I think he knows he's not trying to be funny. He's not trying to be witty. He knows that it makes him look a little bit weird, but that's the type of thing that gets shared. Yeah, so definitely. I think I think that the only issue with the boxing side of things, especially for the people who follow Jake Paul, will be watching this going like, "What is that? What the MMA community is like? That's really weird. Like, why are they talking?" <laughs> so that's my only. Strange, man. <laughs> yeah, but but as I said, that's my only issue is that it just might shine a little bit bad on the MMA community. So I think there is an aspect to Askren here where, yes, he's been very smart in previous fights for selling them. This one might be a little bit sellout-like. It might be a little bit that, that there's just a lot of money in it for him, but for anyone else, it's not going to shine too well on. 
But if he does go through there and beat the guy, I mean, firstly, hats off, good on you. But secondly, I think, um, I think people overlook Askren, thinking, "Oh, why is he doing?" I think he's a lot smarter than uh. Of course, he is. Man, he's fucking years, yeah. man. He's the smart man, and if 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 anyone's not a fan of what he's done, then obviously just they're just a casual. Because if you watch any mm. of his wrestling matches, man, he's like. He's just got it, you know what I mean? He's got a super unorthodox style to everything. That's why they call him funky, you know what I mean? He had a funky wrestling style. Like, obviously, mm. watch his stuff. He's a nightmare, and, he, and he's a great fighter, man. Obviously, they, I feel like he had the worst look ever in the UFC. I mean, that first fight with Robbie Lawler when he won that, let's be honest, it should have been stopping. Obviously, when when the fight was stopped, I still believe that Lawler wasn't out, and I think the fight should have continued, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, he got that one by, like, got through that on the skin of his teeth, really, because yeah. he was fucked up bad, and then, obviously... Maya, which was obviously a bad one for him, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I might win that. I thought he would have submitted him because obviously it is the way it is. And then obviously that Masvidal one, I mean, you can't really, he's just had a bit bad <laughs> yeah. run, a bad yeah. look, you know what I mean? I mean, if you, it, I think if, if it had got into the UFC a little bit earlier in his career, I think it would have been better for him as well. But obviously he couldn't. Obviously the issues were there, what he had, and he obviously was fighting outside of that in different organisations that whole time and got himself to the position he was in, you know what I mean? He was a world champion, you know what I mean? Yeah, and let's be honest, the Masvidal thing, he could have beat Masvidal. If he had taken Masvidal down and then held Obviously. him for, for the rounds, because uh, it, it would have been a three-round fight as well, there was yeah, no yeah. doubt that that could have gone Askren's way. But as I said, no one survives that and it's it's made yeah. history for Masvidal. Regarding the Maya matchup, I agree that was an unfortunate matchup for him as well. I'll, because <laughs> I'm going to find this for you, right, mate? I'm going to find you. I'm going to screenshot you and send you. <laughs> I, can't, I, mean, I swear to this is someone actually tagged me on, on Instagram after the fight, and I didn't even know, you know, ages after. And basically, all, he put the full, a post up about fighting Ben Askren. And I commented on it saying big flying Nike or and this was sure, one of the man, I, sure I swear to God I'll find it. And Let's I'll get that circulating and, online. I love that. And, and, and fucking somebody ta- I'll try and put it on I'll find out on my Instagram because somebody tagged us on Instagram and said, No way, how did you know? And I was like, What are you talking about? And I looked, I was like, Oh shit, it's fucking it's it's happening, you know what I mean? I was like, Jesus Christ. But it was after the fight, ages after the fight, they completely got about it. But I thought that might have been what would have happened. I thought that was Although I'm a fan of him, I thought that was Masvidal's only chance to win because I thought if he didn't knock him out there, he was going to get yeah. ground out. And, you know, there's only so much getting back to your feet you can do before you're absolutely exhausted, you know what I mean? And that's what Ben's good at, you know what I mean? He doesn't get tired in that aspect. He just yeah. grinds, 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 and he's like a truck. He just doesn't stop mowing you down, you know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of thought that's the way it would have went, you know what I mean? And then obviously the knockout happened and it is what it is like. Yeah, well, no, I'm I'm glad that we kind of touched on this because it's has it's now made me look a bit more at this uh, Jake Paul fight and thinking actually, this could <laughs> this could go our, our way. Um, let's just get some before we move on to uh, the final segment. Let's just move on to uh, let's move on. Let's get some predictions for the fight. Cal, what are you saying? Who wins, Astrid or Paul? Uh, Jake Paul. <laughs> it's hard or... to see that in a... <laughs> Do I have to have a method or? You don't have to, but if you want to far away, I'm going to give one. Right, well, if I was to bet, I would see a Jake Paul decision. And if it was following my heart, what I want to happen, I would see a Ben Askren late stoppage. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sure, no? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was saying, saying oh, I don't want to see Ben Askren get knocked out by Jake Paul. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that, man. <laughs> if I so I will say my head says um, Jake Paul by decision. My 
betting money would go Jake Paul by knockout because I think <laughs> you're going to get the best uh, best return on that. My heart says I want Ben Askren to fucking destroy him in, in like ten seconds. Um, but as I said, I'm I, I, I'm not convinced that's going to happen. So let's go Jake Paul by decision. Oh wow! Right, guys, to move on the show, I've got a bit of a fun thing we're going to move on to. I'm gonna we're gonna play a North versus South game. I've got two Northerners here versus me, who's very much a Southerner. Uh, I'm gonna give you guys some foods, which are typically Northern or Southern. We're gonna have to vote which is better. Now I understand this is likely gonna be a landslide, but if I don't get one point here for the South, I've well and truly failed it. But also, you two aren't honest because there's no way one of these doesn't go to the South. But we're gonna have to go and see. <laughs> so he's, he's fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, I've got eight ones to go through, and I said I just need you to tell me which one is better. Um, we'll go with Cal first, Sean, then me. Sound good? Yeah. Yep. So number one, chips and gravy or chips and curry sauce? Chips and gravy. Ah, oh, chips and curry sauce. Chips and curry <laughs> sauce. The oh, South wow. is taking it. Oh my God! <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> How no. you, Sean, you've let yourself down, mate. I've got to be honest. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. Number two, Newcastle Brown Ale or Camden Hell's Lager? Oh, I don't like beer. I can't mm. drink beer. See, I've got bad memories of being a kid necking brown ale. Like, so I have to be brown, brown ale. ale. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to go brown ale as well. I'm much more of an ale person than lager. So it's 1-1. One, one. Um, number three, a builder's brew or a herbal tea? Builders <laughs> <laughs> uh, brew all the way. Yeah, builders brew. I mean, there is only one answer for this one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely builders brew. Uh, next one: a Greg's sausage roll or a Plowman's baguette? Oh, Greg's sausage roll all the way. Yep, yeah. Greg's sausage roll. <laughs> I'm actually going to say a Plowman's baguette, be- oh, only because man. Greg's sandwiches are better, but Greg's sausage rolls. Not as good as a plowman's baguette, but Ooh, you guys have you ever had a sausage bean man? That's unbelievable, isn't it? That's unreal. Right, number five. This is gonna be a little bit unfair, but I'm going for it anyway. A chicken parmo or a fish and chips? Oh fish and chips. Fish and chips, all yeah. F- fish and chips for sure. The only reason I said it's unfair is because Parmo aren't one of the biggest things really. Um they're Middlesbrough thing, aren't they? Well, it's originally, hard, apparently, they started in Scotland. That's, oh. I've had a whole thing with this before. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, apparently, they originated in Scotland. Oh, I love the fact you were like, I've done, I've had this conversation before. It's clearly what uh, us UK people talk about. Uh, number six, a steak pie or a Cornish pasty? <sighs> steak pie. Yeah, steak pie. <sighs> right. Oh, wow. I do like a Cornish pasty, but if a steak pie is done well, it's definitely better. So a steak pie. Mm. Just as long as they don't put... It's got to have a decent amount of filling in and it cannot be dry. He's changing his answer now. No, 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 no. no. It's dry. (laughs) Yeah, but no, a steak pie takes that one. Uh, Right. (laughs) Number seven, a beef dripping sandwich or a jam scone? Oh, fucking hell. I love them. I had both of them yesterday. Um, (laughs) I actually did. Uh, fruit scone with fucking clotted cream and jam. Um, so did I, mate. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see a beef. I'm gonna see a beef, 
beef. What did you call it? A beef dripping. A beef dripping oh, sandwich. Oh. What do you call it? Is that like just a beef dip? Beef dip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beef dip. Yeah. I've got to see a beef dip. It's got me mouth right now. Thinking about it. I'm gonna get one tomorrow. Oh, that donut, man. That donut. Oh, so what are you saying? Yeah, the donut. Donut? Scone, do you mean? Oh, scone, I mean, but I'm t- say I think it'll be donuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I unfortunately have to go for a scone as well. Oh, you, so you the South takes that one, but that was a close one as well. I would would, would prefer the beef dripping. Well, I say prefer, prefer a scone, but... Uh, right, our <laughs> final one once more. This one's a little bit unfair, but I'm going to go for it. You'll know which one's the northern one by... A roast dinner with oh. Yorkie puds or a kebab. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to see you know, the dinner like I've, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've rarely had a yeah, kebab. I haven't had one for years. I had one recently when I went to that cottage when we stayed over the, the lodge. Yeah. I'm going to see a Sunday dinner all the way. Yeah. Sure yeah. note. Sunday dinner. I will also <laughs> agree on a Sunday dinner. They're, they're a staple of the... Uh, UK UK food industry, but the thing is, a kebab is good, but they're so oh. dirty. They're so so dirty. Like they are for when you're Absolute pissed up on a night out. <laughs> yeah, but but roasted, as I said, when it's perfect, it's just there's nothing like it. Right, the final results are in. No way, have you won this? No way. The South has three points. The North Ooh. has five. So yes. you guys, the Sounds North like. does take this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm actually impressed. There's a few votes there, but um, yeah, I, I don't think you can argue with a lot of that. I mean, it was it was pretty fairly simple. But well done, guys. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, just one quick thing to move on. Um, I mentioned this to Sean earlier, but I want you guys to do an impression of a Southerner for me. Oh, I'll do an impression of a Northerner. But I want your guys' best impression of the Southerner. And the phrase you're going to have to say, and you can word it however you want, you're going to be asking for a cup of tea. So, oh, I thought you were going to see online now. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that line, so, for example, you can change it how you want to. So, you might say, ooh, can I have a cup of English breakfast tea? And basically do your best impression and I'll do my one as I would expect a northerner to order a cup of tea so, so what do you say oh can I have a cup of tea please you can say whatever you want but you've just got to order a cup of tea in the most southern accent you can think alright then right. who's going first cow you far away my friend oh uh, my darling can I have a cup of tea please that was quite good. I didn't expect the Cockney. I like it. And I like the little all right, my darling. That's good. Short out. All right, my darling. Can I have a cup of tea? <laughs> what the fuck's up? So, you mixed London with Scotland there. Oh, I'm, really not, I'm not yeah, sure how you've Scotland done it. Too much. I've been in Scotland too much. But I like that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're gone. Right. Yeah, we're gone. Yeah, we're gone. Eat up, love. Can I have a cup of blue? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's always got... The reason I always bring this up, so, obviously, my girlfriend's from the north, and we, we always have the conversation that how are our kids going to be, and it's always me saying they're not northerners. There's the, I don't mind them living up north, but they're not speaking with a northern accent. Slash right. northern colloquials. So, it's when they say, like, tut, like, go tut pub, go tut park. All right. So I was saying, for me, it's going to be when they go to uh, Faz, their mum, they'll go, uh, Mum, can I have a brew? And to me, they go, <laughs> Daddy, can I have a cup of English breakfast tea, please? <laughs> so, as I said, it's, it's, been, it's been a whirlwind since moving up north because uh, there is certainly a north and south divide, but uh, as long as it's taken with some banter, it's a good laugh. 
Guys, we are going to sign off the show, but I just want uh, some quick predictions for next week's uh, UFC event. There's only three fights, so I just want to uh, get a very, very quick prediction for. You can break it down a little bit, but um, it's mainly just the person you think will win and how they're going to win. Obviously, we've got to back the UK fighters. We have Molly McCann fighting Lara Prosopio. How do you guys think this is going to go down? Cal, what's your prediction? Molly McCann decision, she's going to go in aggressive, uh, land a lot of We may have just lost Cal on the call there. That's all good. Uh, we'll move on to Sean quickly. I think Molly McCann's going to win it by Still second there. round. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, now, Cal, you've just come back. So we're just hearing there you saying uh, Molly McCann by decision. <laughs> We've lost him again. That's fine. No problem. What we will do. Um, so, so, so uh, Sean. Yeah. I think uh, Molly McCann's going to win it by second round. I think our opponent's got a 6-1 and one record, which is not too shy of far, like hide away mm. I think it's got to be a tough fight but I've got the UK and I've got Molly McCann to win in the second round yep UK Molly McCann to win Cal you yeah. are back what uh, what's your prediction sorry by decision yes for Molly yeah I yep. think Molly a decision yeah nice aggressive pace on her I, I think th- that would cause her to get the win I definitely I think we can all agree on that one I, I totally think Molly's going to go in there with some fire I think she's going to Molly's a brawler um, and she's brilliant at what she does so I think she's going to go in there and get the decision uh, next up a fight I'm really looking forward to Sandhagen or Edgar Cal who are you taking fuck mm-hmm. uh, Sandhagen mate I feel like I'm the, I, honestly I love Frank Edgar I've loved him for years I'm a massive massive fan mm. I think obviously when he beat Munoz was a great win for him and he like, put him right back up there mm. um, I just think Sandhagen at the minute's on a um, He's on a tear, and I feel like it's kind of his time. And he's on the way up, you know. I feel yeah. like he's got the the fire. If it's going to be a super close fight, mm-hmm. I feel like he's the one who's going to come out with the aggression and come out on top. Yep. Um. So I, I think Sandhagen, but I mean, obviously, if who I want to win, I, obviously I always back Frank. You know, he's got more heart than anyone in the whole world. I, I definitely think mm-hmm. I would like him to win, but I, I feel like it's uh, Sandhagen's time. I feel like he'll mm-hmm. win. Yep. Sure. Well, if you want me method, I'm going to see. I'm going to see a take you as well. Oh, nice. Oh. Uh-huh. Sure um, I think Frank Yeager's going to win. Like, I think, and that's hard to say because Corey's on like a 13 and 2 record. Mm. But that fight against Munoz, it's actually put him back up, and I reckon he's going to win Sandhagen. Fair. I'm going to go for Sandhagen. I agree that um, Edgar has mm. the absolute heart of a lion and his experience is mental I just think Sandhagen is phenomenal um, I think he had obviously a setback against Sterling but let's be honest Sterling went in with the best attitude to that fight or um, the, the, the best way to go in really literally go in straight away take his back and submit him he went in aggressive and I think that really threw Sandhagen off but other than that we have just seen Sandhagen put on some phenomenal performances and I think Edgar is brilliant but I think Sandhagen mm-hmm. might just get that edge over him but I think it would be decision which is why I was quite surprised Cal you say uh, by TKO He's not yeah. uh, Edgar's not an easy man to put out there mm-hmm. No I just feel like at the minute um the way it's just the, the way Sandhagen looking against his last fight when he fought Marias. Uh, I just think if you Marias is mm. a savage, and I just feel like the way he went in there and handled that, I just feel like he's going to be coming out with the obviously with the mentality after coming out of that yeah. fight and doing what he's done. I think it's going to be hard. He's a hard person to beat now. Obviously, Frank, he could wrestle yeah. him up, I, uh, maybe, but I just feel like he seems the fresher of the two at the mm-hmm. moment. I feel like his last fights, he's looked really composed and frankly, he's took a lot of damage still. 
And I just feel like, I do feel like San Diego might hurt him and then take you home. I hope it doesn't happen, but I feel like that's, if I, if I was to give me opinion, I feel like that's what will happen. No, I think that's that's very fair. Uh, uh, final fight, Alistair Overeem or Volkov? Who are you guys taking? Overeem. Yeah. Short and sweet, Same. I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Overeem I, by knockout as well. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I'm not sure what you're thinking, Sean, there, but that might be unanimous decision yeah, yeah, between I us three. Um, I, I agree. I, I think he's going to um, KO Volkov. I think Volkov's good, um, but I don't think he's particularly spectacular. I think over lost me a fucking fortune before. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is personal. <laughs> and then when I had him to beat Derek Lewis, and he absolutely schooled Derek Lewis. Yeah. And he was boxing his head off, landing everything, every shot he couldn't miss. And there was fucking like ten seconds left or something. And I would see it coming. I would see it coming a million mile away. And he got knocked out in a cost as a bet. And I was get, expecting a tiny bit of money back off that card. So I'll never, ever forget that. And every fight. <laughs> you never forgive and you never forget. Never forgive. I'm always going to see every fight is going to by now. But I do believe that will be there. It'll go anywhere. I think Overeem. I feel like Overeem, to be honest, Lloyd's lost a couple of... I, I, I think any time if you were to put Overeem in a fight against the heavyweight champion, any time, I feel like he's always going to have a chance. I mean, but he did yeah. state the first time. If he'd mm-hmm. uh, if he'd uh, punched rather than the guillotine, I think he would have he, he would have taken the other because Stevie was out in his face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I, I agree with you. Nothing, so Just regarding him Volkov there as well, it was so frustrating to see him lose that fight with Lewis because he was dominating it and literally yeah. was ten seconds left. And what a way to lose a fight! Um, but then, as you just said with Overeem. Literally, like, any fight he's had. I mean, just over the last few years, he's fought Sakai, who he obviously beat. He fought yeah. Harris, who he's beaten. Yeah. Rosenstroke, which is... I'm not funny. He was winning that fight until the last yeah, minute. he was. Um, in fact, four seconds left, bloody hell. Um, you got Alechik, who is once more... That's a good win. Um, yeah. Curtis Blades, he's, he's fought, but obviously Cross lost... Cross elbow to death eye. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I mean. You look at some of the people he's fighting... They are all incredible, and he's either very closely fought them or. Oh, mate, that, that's exactly what I mean. He's never not been in it. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. He's either, he's either nearly had them out or, or, or been winning and then got chinned. He's always going to be in that that kind of range. You know, I'd always put him in the top yeah. five. I'd always see he's got a chance to beat any of them as well. And that's why I, I would genuinely like to see him win this fight because I think mm-hmm. if he too. wins that, he might get his a final shot. Um, at the title, and I think I could be wrong here. He's never been the champion in the UFC, has he? No, he hasn't. Not, Which is crazy to think. Like he's one of the biggest names in that division. Um, I hope. I hope if he wins this fight, they give him a chance to fight the winner of Stevie and uh, Francis. That well, would be a nice. Thing. I don't see why they shouldn't. Um, I, I I think he 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 pulls in the fans, and I think it's one last shot. And as I said, I'm hoping he does get the win here because I think it's very possible. Uh, we've seen yeah. it in the past. I mean, wasn't it Gastelum Madisanya? They were f- ranked fifth and sixth, and they were actually for the title. So, yeah. Overeem versus Volkov, ranked fifth versus sixth. If he gets the win, uh, I would love to see that. So, we, we will see. But, guys, that is all we have time for. What a blast this episode has been. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Ultimate MMA Podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to us. And be sure, be sure sorry, to tune in next week, where we'll have another hour of MMA greatness. I've been your host, Jake Jones. I want to say a massive thank you to my co-host, Sean, for returning this week to the show and making it fantastic as usual. But I also want to say thank you to the main man, Cal Pacino Eleanor, for being our first ever guest to actually feature on the podcast that was live, that was not a separate interview. So <laughs> mate, thank you so much. It's been great having you, mate. Hopefully you had a, a good time too, man. 
appreciate it, man. Thanks, mate. I'll catch up with you soon, lads. Absolutely. Well, okay, fight fans, be sure to let us know any feedback you had for the podcast. And once more, make sure to tune in next time to the Ultimate MMA Podcast. Yeah.